would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, everybody, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. This is the Clone Wars edition. I didn't think I'd ever be saying that for <laughs> new episodes ever. Dude, that was awesome. Are you excited, Dave? I am so excited. I got so excited just actually getting to see the opening of Clone Wars because it's a very unique opening. You have the the moral and then today on Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, man, I was excited. I'm not going to lie. In fact, I was kind of taken by surprise that it was released so soon. You know, I know we've been hearing February 21st, February 21st. But then I look at the calendar. I'm like, holy shit, it's February 20th. What's happening? And, you know, once Disney bought Lucasfilm, I think most of us had assumed we'd never see Filoni and Lucas's original ending of the series. And we would be left with the straight to Netflix lost episodes, which weren't horrible, but weren't horrible, but. Filoni and the team did what they could to bring closure. Yeah. I mean, Filoni and Lucas did their best to give us closure. A couple books, as well as the only Dark Horse comic to be included in canon, were produced and written. But a full-fledged season, I mean, it's a dream come true for many Star Wars fans. Absolutely. Because, like, to us at the end of Clone Wars, even with the the final the final season that was released on Netflix... I mean, there was something lacking about it, especially Ahsoka's storyline, all the clone troopers that we have grown to really become big fans of, Rex, Fives, Echoes, uh, even Commander Cody. All those characters were kind of like left in limbo. And then, yeah, past couple of years, we've gotten stories to continue them on. Rex and Ahsoka continued on their story in uh, Rebels. But... There was still that nagging, nagging feeling that what happened to them in between all of this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the lost episodes only could do so much. Yeah, they could only do so much. And, and they listen, had to focus on the story that they were ending with, which is, you know, the 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 rise of the uh, more important stuff, the mythos. Yeah, the, the yeah. mythos and the lore and the rise of Palpatine. Yeah, it made sense. And listen, I will always be grateful for Filoni. And his willingness to play with Disney. Because you got to remember, he came from Fox. He was with Lucas. And he was willing to play ball with Disney. He could have easily said, nah, later. I can't do this. But he cares so much about Star Wars that he played ball with Disney. When a lot of people can't. Yes. He played ball and he gave the fans at least something. Not knowing he would ever be given the chance to actually give us a final season. I'm telling you, dude, if you took a poll of Star Wars fans at a convention and asked them of all the 
producers, directors, writers. Who would you blow the most? (laughs) Well, you could ask that, but remember, you're going to be asking also young Star Wars fans. No, I'll be like, excuse me, young sir, how old are you? I'm eight. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. That's inappropriate. But I honestly feel that everyone would say everyone's indebted to Dave Filoni. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. Without a doubt, dude. And also, he's our last window into the past. And I'm not one for looking to the past any longer. I've made some promises to myself in terms of Star Wars. Like, yes, I'm going to appreciate what we have gotten. Yes, what we have received. But I'm no longer going to linger in the past. I'm not going to be like, well, we we should have got this or he would have done this. But the fact that Filoni is our last window into Lucas's mind. It would be a travesty if we were to ever lose Filoni because he is. He is the last connection to George Lucas. Actually, yeah, he is. I mean, if you think about it, Filoni has worked so close with Lucas. It's kind of like a lot of the stuff that Lucas had creatively he passed down to Filoni and you know he still talks to him you know you know for a fact Filoni still says hey you know what this is what I'm working on look at Mandalorian exactly Mandalorian what happened all of a sudden you see George Lucas actually show up on Mandalorian and Filoni's I thought one of the coolest moments was uh, Filoni showing George around and George kind of looking at things going oh that's pretty cool yeah and I heard that Lucas pissed on the baby Yoda model he didn't piss on it he basically said it he, he was like going he's like, should- hey this is pretty cute let me see this oh get the fuck out of here he throws it <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> there's only one yoda there's only one yoda god damn it he does what han solo did on that uh what was it jimmy fallon when he th- breaks a guy's millennium falcon oh Lego. my god that was yeah, the that's what lucas thing. did to baby yoda he's like, oh that's so cute let me see get the fuck out of here, here. <laughs> That's why I think, like, I think in the end of Mandalorian, the two storm, the two uh, bike troopers are Lucas. That's Lucas, like (laughs) punching the baby. (laughs) All right. So today we're going to discuss the first episode of the seventh and final season of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Titled the Bad Batch, the synopsis, Captain Rex and the Bad Batch must infiltrate an enemy base on a nexus. I think the thing I liked about this is that Baloney and the teams and his team did not decide to scrap the original plan they had for season seven. That's originally what I had thought that we would get something very different that would possibly fit with everything Disney is planning or or has done and that it would run the risk of possibly, you know, messing things up that they just can't do anymore. I mean, sure, they will have to make a few changes and they probably have due due to the release of comics and books. But this episode and story arc in some form was viewed by an audience in uh, 2015 at Star Wars Celebration and was later released, I believe, to the StarWars.com website. Yes. So... The fact I like this, I know there may be some people saying, well, we already saw this story. We already know about it. But it wasn't released. It it wasn't officially released. It wasn't officially released. But this actually makes me happy that Maloney is actually going back to his original idea and not trying to just change things around. He's like, no, this is my story. 
Exactly. This is what I had planned. Yeah. Why would I change that? So I love that part. The Bad Batch was an episode that was originally intended to be the premiere for a seventh season. Yep. Uh, but production, as we know, on the television series was halted before the episode was completed with the buyout of Disney uh, or I should say with Disney purchasing Lucasfilm. Uh, it was originally scripted by Brent Friedman, and it is the first in a four part story arc focusing on a ragtag unit of clone commandos called clone force 99 99 Uh, the episode along with the rest of its arc premiered on april 17th 2015 at star wars celebration and was released on starwars.com shortly after on april 29th 2015 but the and the thing that i really really appreciate about this episode is yes it, it introduces those new characters the clone uh the unit 99 yeah but it but feloni was able to tie this to the ongoing story of captain rex yep and Dude, rex who would have thought rex would become this character yeah that outlives so many people and you see and the beautiful thing was that opening that opening with captain rex actually had so much emotion behind it as for me as a Star Wars fan yeah. because I've watched Clone Wars all my life. Uh, the whole all run. your life. How <laughs> old are you, Ted? I love Clone <laughs> Wars. And the fact that they do touch on the fact that Rex looks back at it and says, I've I've outlived fives, echoes, heavy. Heavy was the first one to go. And then all his other brethren, he outlived all of them. And we know the rest of his story. And we know the rest of his story. I mean, yes. He doesn't. There's uh, the, he meets up with Gregor and Wolf, but they're not part of his original squad. The original squad was Echoes, Fives, Heavy, and Rex. Yeah, and like when you take a look at it, it's like I like the fact that they brought in that serious element where Anakin kind of looks at Rex and says, "Rex, is there something you want to say?" And Rex is like, "No, nothing, Commander," and walks off. He was probably thinking, "Hey, I'm going to outlive you." You're going to burn alive and get cut in half. <laughs> you're gonna I'm going to see the half. end of the story and you're not. <laughs> and it ties into it. It so ties into the story that Filoni still carried in season six about how the, the ravages of war. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's I, I get a little frustrated when I see people belittle the Clone Wars and they kind of chalk it off as as just kind of, you know, Kid. Lucas shit you know yeah. go more prequel garbage oh, jumping around with lightsabers but there there's there's a deepness to the message yes. in clone wars you just have to look for it you within the subtext it. i mean it's not an overly preachy show by any means and it's not you know it's not shakespeare but it it still has a heart there's a soul to this series and i was glad that it's still even even in this first episode, right out of the gates, it still has the soul of Star Wars. Uh, dude, immediately. immediately. The moment I pushed play, I was like, it, it just the episode felt right. Yeah. I, I, I have not felt like this watching anything Star Wars since Star Wars Rebels. I I, I, Rebels. I definitely felt dude, I love Star Wars Rebels. And it just felt right. Even the Mandalorian. I enjoyed the Mandalorian, but this, it did not feel like this. This yes. felt like a well-oiled machine. And and the amazing thing, 
after I watched everything, I saw the runtime. Remember, we've been complaining about runtime. Yep, 24 minutes, 24 right? minutes. I did not feel... No. I didn't feel anything negative about it being like that. Yeah. Why? Because... It's the Clone Wars crew. And they know how to do these it's stories. It's just paced. It's paced it's so paced well. beautifully. Yeah. Beautifully. And they get they get these emotion beats perfectly. I mean, even with Anakin in the very beginning, I was so impressed that basically we're starting to see the darkness in Anakin. Did you notice that basically in the very beginning, they kind of like, they, they aged him up from where we last saw him from season six. But now he's approaching that time where he's, the revenge of the Sith where we know what he's going to become. And just the way he talks to Rex, it's, it, it has a darker tone to it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's consistent and they it's need to consistent. be. I mean, isn't that something that Floney has said that this is going to be the, the final season is going to be very, it's going to be seamless. It's going to go right into revenge of the Sith. So it, dude, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do now. It was revealed during a celebration in Chicago on April 14th that the Bad Batch arc would, in fact, the entire arc, not just this episode, not just an abbreviated version of the original plan, but the original version of the Bad Batch arc would be a part of the Star Wars, the Clone Wars revival season, the yep. final season. The final season. And I like this because it just shows... You, it shows you Filoni's commitment to his ideas and his resolve. And it's special knowing that we are watching something that could very well. This is the sad part for me. We're watching something that could very well be the last bit of Lucas approved story we will ever see in Star Wars. Have you thought about that? This story arc was approved by Lucas by before Lucas the Disney purchase. Yeah. And this might be the last bit of story we will ever see approved by the man himself. Because one of the last stories him and Lucas ever worked on was the one that started in season six about like the one clone, uh, the one clone, the, the, the broken clone that basically takes the caretaker. Yeah. That whole story uh, storyline started there, and it was supposed to continue in these to show that basically the clones were more than just simple clones. They had their own personalities. They had their own quirks and everything. And they, there were some that were really broken. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the uh, Unit 99 was. Yeah. So it's cool to see the follow through despite the hiatus and all the things that have transpired since the last season, which a lot has and yet Filoni's resolve and commitment to finish this story, you know, is is fantastic. And in the way of narrative, let's get into this a bit and character development. And you had alluded to this and hinted at it at the beginning of the show. Uh, the In the way of narrative and character development, we get something fun and an element that we've come to expect from the Clone Wars. The further fleshing out of the clones, as you had said. Uh, and this time with the mutated clones, which is an interesting narrative choice yeah. uh, that are considered desirables. Clone Force 99 originated <laughs> as a batch of clones who were born with desirable genetic mutations. First off, desirable genetic mutations. Yes. That how far the Republic, the Republic has gone. Yes. At this point, how much of a mistake they have made and the lines that they were willing to cross at this point during war when 
desirable genetic mutations were a thing in order to make them superior soldiers. Uh, these mutations also had the unique effect of altering their appearance and voice greatly from regular clones. Each one of the members acquired certain abilities unique to the team. I love it. I love it. It's really cool. Now, is there any connection, Dave? You know, maybe this is just me looking for things. Okay. Clone Force 99. Execute Order 66. 66. Well, remember, they basically, uh, Cody mentioned, or I think it was Rex that actually looked at Cody and said, so they're uh, the designation of 99. You know that that's something special. Yeah. Do you think there's some connection possibly? Because I know I it's be surprised. or am I just doing d- dumb deductive reasoning? Well, it's, 99 flipped upside down to 66. <laughs> you know, I always accuse, pe- accuse people of, of stupid deductive it's reasoning. Hat. It's a tinfoil hat. But, it's, but it also, Dave, it's really close. But it's really close. And it's something that Lucas would do. Yes. And you're dealing with something. You're Okay. You're not dealing with some random like nugget of Star Wars canon and like, oh, look it. It's so close. Execute Order 66 is a major thing yes, in the Star Wars world. Is. And for you to have something called Clone Force 99, 99. it's awfully close. And and also tying it to the fact that Cody was the one who knew about it. You got to remember yeah. in Revenge of the Sith, who was the first clone to order, take Order 66? It was Commander Cody. What a piece of shit. And yeah, I was like going, holy crap. They're really actually pushing the fact that Cody knows more about everything, even more than Rex. Because remember, Rex is the one, Rex was the one asking Cody about what, what is this designation 99? Why did they get that designation? And Cody's like, eh, you know, it's this. And basically they're, they're a special unit that we now have. Right. And Cody knows more than Rex. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we're going to see that moment? Cody versus Rex. When, yeah, when That's Rex the thing decides that- to. Have we seen that yet? No, no. Rex talked about it though. Do you in Rex Rebels? Did, right, Rex talked in about Rebels, it. In he Rebels. talked about he told um, going against the order. Yes, that's right. He told Kanan. Oh, dude. And then, do you think? Okay, so we're assuming. <laughs> okay, yeah, hold, 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 hold on a this. second. Okay, so we're assuming that they're gonna go up against Revenge of the Sith, like yes. butting up against Revenge of the Sith. But what if we go parallel? Like we end up moving some episodes into the exact same time frame of Revenge of the Sith, but we see other perspectives. Because Holy shit. You have to explain one thing. Can and they, I do, thought do about you think this. they could do that? They can do Filoni can do it. I know Filoni can. <laughs> I believe in his head. Or or at least an, an epilogue, kind of like the epilogue they, they did. They got in um, Rebels. Yeah, they gave but, us that epilogue in Rebels. They could kind of do that with this and, and show us those moments. The one thing that I made one of my friends who's a big fan of Rebels made their mind explode is you do realize they have to explain why Gregor, Wolf, and Rex are on that goddamn planet in Rebels. Well, they don't need to, but they definitely they should. should. They should explain why. Yeah. And they kind of hinted that they ran away to get to the planet to get away from Order 66. Yeah, so we're going to see something pertaining to that in either yeah. an epilogue or an episode. I'm hoping we run in tandem I hope we with run the in events tandem. of Revenge of the Sith, And dude. honestly, I hope we get a showdown between Captain Rex and Commander Cody. That'd be great. Because you have the two most popular clone figures at going toe-to-toe against each other. 
And I think that that would be so awesome because you, we, we all will root for Rex, but there is a, there is something to be said that commander Cody's story is also really important too, because he's, he basically, you could say that he was the one who was easily manipulated to do what the emperor wanted to well, do what Palpatine wants. A lot could be said about brainwashing and propaganda so yeah, you're you're right, and that's something that I really enjoyed about this particular episode. The serious tone. I have forgotten the later seasons have such a serious tone, and the emphasis, particularly in this episode, the emphasis on the effects of war, effects and, of war. and the loss that comes with combat, as we saw through Rex's eyes. Um, man, it's. It's good. It's good. I mean, 24 minutes and they managed to bring us right back into the world of the Clone Wars without missing a fucking step. Yeah. And it doesn't even feel like we've been away. We like, haven't been away. I was like, this is great. And I, I was like speculating with my friend and basically said, can you imagine if they run parallel like what you were saying yeah. at the season end? What if they run parallel to the fight with Obi-Wan and Anakin and you at parallel you have Rex versus Cody? And you see Rex like on Mustafar, like, oh, okay, he's okay. Obi-Wan's okay. I better get away now. <laughs> so stupid. That'd be awful. That would be bad. That would be bad. But watching the parallel. Who's writing of- this? Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Oh, come on. But seeing the parallel of two brothers fighting each other. Dude, it would be cool. It would it would fit seamlessly to what sto- uh, George Lucas' storytelling is. It could be is. full of heart, too, because of, of their their own bond. Yeah. And maybe a sense of betrayal and maybe even understanding Cody's perspective. And obviously we, we understand Rex's perspective. So it's going to be cool to see what happens. Absolutely. Now, because of the repurposing of these episodes, as we know now that they're going to be using the first story arc that was originally planned, they did not scrap the idea. Do you think now bear with me here? Do you do you think we're going to get other things that had been released in other media or is this <laughs> it because God, I hope so. there's something that's officially called the Clone Wars legacy. Most Clone Wars fans are very aware of what that is. Yes. Uh, but let me go through it just in case you're not in the know. The Clone Wars legacy is a canon multimedia project that continued the story of the animated series after it was canceled. It includes the comic book miniseries, as I had mentioned at the top of the show, the only Dark Horse comic to be considered canon. Star Wars Darth Maul, Son of Dathmir. Yep. Which was originally an unproduced script that I believe was going to be in the seventh season, correct? Yes. Uh, Then you have eight TV story reels. And the novel Dark Disciple, which was Ventress's story, which is her ending. Yes, uh, all of which would, which uh, all of which was originally planned to be released in the episodes of the final season, but of course it got canceled. So it'll be interesting to see if we we have those moments because yes, you could say, well, do I really? If you're a showrunner like Filoni, you could say, well, do I really need to go into that? Uh, we already know in the book and the comic book that this happened, but. You got to remember, this is the TV series medium. And if you have story arcs that were going in a direction in season six or season five, and you just suddenly just don't write them back in. In. 
in futures to come, when people find Clone Wars, they're not going to know, oh, the Clone Wars legacy. I remember what happened. They got canceled because, you know, Disney and then no one's going to remember this no one's gonna remember in 10 that. years. So what's going to happen is you're just going to have missing characters. So you're going to have to use some of these things, right? Oh, yeah. And we know that basically they touch on Darth Maul because we see him in the, a lot of the teasers. So, But are we going to get that Son, Son of, of Dathmere storyline? Story yeah. And like I'm like going, I wonder if they would. I mean, and, they can't retcon none of this stuff. So regardless, this things, these things are canon. So we may even see a hybrid version. They may. That's what I'm thinking. They may you, set something up and then allude to that storyline that we already know. Like, that, oh, yeah. okay. That's but what it's I'm not thinking. needed in the TV series itself. And that's what I'm thinking that basically the reason why is because Filoni has so much passion behind the Clone Wars and especially the uh, Clone Wars legacy that I think we're going to get a, like what you said, a hybrid. Yeah. We'll get these little nods to say, okay, this happens. Maybe a loose connection to those books and comic books that we can appreciate much like we get now with the, with the expanded universe. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the really interesting one that ramps up about that is the dark disciple. That yeah. storyline has should cover two characters. That. We should cover that for a show. Yeah. And it explains why Ventress is not around anymore. Yeah. And like, I'm like going, I'm going to be interested to see how Filoni tackles that because is he going to actually just kind of write around it and say, oh, news breaks out that Ventress is disposed of <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you, you know what they're gonna have to go into it they can't they're gonna have they, to go they, into so it. we are gonna i you I, have to there's a big possibility that that we are gonna see some repurposed books and comics being used you have you have to repurposed or hybridized hybridized yeah. to just explain okay this is canon now but we're not gonna show it yeah. we're gonna have to explain it yeah for sure all right dave um because this is the first episode Let's get into things you want to see. Briefly, oh, give me two wow. things that you need to see in this final season. Two things. Two things. I want I want to see a possible fight between Cody and Rex, like mm-hmm. I mentioned. And the second one is I honestly want to see a fight between Anakin and Ahsoka. Because that would transition into Rebels. Oh, and what if we see like some heavy implications, like a connection, a poetic connection to their battle in Rebels? In Rebels, because especially with how this first episode opened up with, you kind of get this mindset that basically Anakin's not the Anakin from six right. uh, season six, where he's sad that Ahsoka leaves. No, he's, he's a hardened warrior at this point. He okay. is, he's brutal. So you want to see an Anakin and Ahsoka battle. And yes. then what was the other one? Uh, Cody versus Rex. Cody versus Rex. Okay. Those are good. Those are good wants, Dave. Nothing wrong with those at all. Uh, you know what? Take me into your final thoughts and your percentage. Okay, you cannot throw things at me. Oh, come on. <laughs> I am going to give this, first and foremost, a 90%. A fantastic story. I love how it opens. I even loved the introduction of these of the new clone characters. I am so interested in Unit 99. I mean, the one clone muscle. Force 99. Yeah, the one muscle wrecker. 
Oh my God. Wrecker is so cool. That's what I call the muscle in my pants. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's the Wrecker. Oh, you have Wrecker. You have Hunter. Who's Rambo. Oh, that's also in my pants. <laughs> Hunter and Hunter. Dude, his fighting. That's the, the fight scenes in this episode were cool because each clone has their own way of fighting. And it's amazing that basically within 20 minutes, we got so much character development on four brand new characters that suddenly I'm like going, I remember their names. I want to root for them. I want figures of them. Now I want more about these four characters. And on top of like the characters we do know, like Luke or like Anakin and, uh, and Mace, Mace Windu and Rex, we got four brand new characters to root for now. And honestly, they did a fantastic job of introducing them within 20 minutes. Yeah. Mandalorian had a problem with that. They couldn't introduce a character for 20 minutes. It took them 60. It took, actually, it took them, what, four episodes for us to truly understand the Mandalorian character? In one episode, the Clone Wars teams proved that I can introduce four characters and you get a... a a gist of who they are and what they're made of. It's fantastic. It, yeah. I just don't want to give it a hundred percent because I don't want stuff thrown at me. But honestly, this is a perfect episode. It's All a perfect right. Opening. Calm down. Calm down. What else? Is that it? That's it. All right, Dave. I'm done jizzing on the table. <laughs> we got to clean up, please. I need to clean up. I'm going to give it an 84%. I thought it was a great episode. Very well written, well paced. It, it just felt like we haven't even been away. If if you're able to create a show like that, where it's like just seamless and we're just brought right back into the story and not just, you know, narratively speaking or physically, emotionally, we're right back in it. Yeah. So, yeah, 84%, and I have a lot of high hopes for this series for the final season. I want to see, my single want is just more mythos built on the mysticism of the Force. There's going to be so much to go into. Well, Filoni's always done such a great job with that type of stuff, so... All right. I want to thank everybody for listening to our discussion. You can always get more Star Wars discussions, dissections, breakdowns. In fact, we're probably going to cover some of these un- aired iterations of the clone wars on patreon so if you want to get more star wars every week head over to patreon.com slash rainman digital and pledge to that three dollar tier that exclusive star wars tier that you can get all the additional star wars content delivered to you all right i want to thank everyone for listening thank you david thank you may the force be with us ah yes (laughs) 